Welcome to Fertility Fridays. I'm your host, Leah Vaughn. Join me for today's episode as we explore all things on the road to becoming mama. Hello, hello, and welcome to my beautiful mamas, soon-to-be mamas, future mamas, aspiring mamas, and all mamas in between. How are y'all doing today? Well, I hope. And I just want to encourage you all to give yourselves grace today and allow yourself space to relax and for your soul to just be still and know that you're doing the best that you can do. And that is how I want to start off with today's episode. This is the Fertility Friday segment of the Unspoken Cycle podcast, and I am your host, Leah Vaughn. I appreciate y'all for sticking with me and tuning in each week. I've received some pretty amazing and humbling feedback just from listeners and women such as yourselves who who are joining the journey with me. And I just want to say thank you so much for trusting me and listening and um, and for also providing me with a safe space to share. So I really do appreciate it much more than you'll ever know. Today's episode of Fertility Fridays is one that can ignite a lot of feelings and a lot of emotions, I feel like most of us can relate. This is something that has been challenging for pretty much every woman I know who was diagnosed with infertility or who have had struggles with fertility, and myself included. So I wanted to talk about it. You know, we're real, we're raw here, we're Um, opening the doors for conversations like this that are relatable. And this is certainly one of them. One thing that I always felt was odd, and I guess you could even say unfair in my particular journey um, in trying to conceive and struggling with secondary infertility in my older age is that, you know, we come to this decision with our partners that we want to create life and family together. And our heart is in it most of the time, not speaking for everybody, of course. Uh, This is my individual experience right now. But, you know, we come together, our heart is in it. It's our desire to create together, to grow a family or start a family together. And it's something that connects us as partners. And is something that, you know, is intimate with our partners and those that we are on this journey with. And I've always felt like it was unfair that when the going gets tough, particularly with fertility issues, it causes such a strain and stress on relationships that we almost forget why we're doing it together. And so many couples don't make it through to the other side. And that breaks my heart because when you want to have a child, you want to have a child with someone who you love and trust and who is meant to raise that child up with you and be your partner, your co-parenting partner for life, you know, for that child's life. And I just don't think that 
it's fair that it's so hard to troop through it together. Like once the going gets tough, the going gets really, really tough. And if you read the caption for this episode, the statistic is 20, a little over 26% that couples who experience infertility in their relationships don't make it to the other side. And that is actually um, information that I looked up and was provided by uh, U.S. News and World Report. So you can find that information on usnews.com. But 26.7% is a high rate of failure in relationships. And I even hate to use the word failure because we're not doing anything wrong. It's not a race. It's not a contest. Um, it's not the Olympics. You know, we go into it wholeheart- wholeheartedly desiring something and sometimes we don't come out of it with those desires having been having been met. And it just breaks my heart that 26.7% of those couples go their own separate ways because of something that they once desired so strongly together. So that's what I want to talk about today. It's real. It's a fact. It happens. Fertility issues and infertility can drive us apart and separate us and isolate us from our partners. And if there's anything I can do to help you on your journey and strengthen you in a way that you're able to bring it back to the table with your partner so that you guys can stay together or come back together, whatever your situation may be, then I definitely want to do that. My journey has not been without its struggles as well. And um, it's been really hard. Obviously, trying to conceive is an emotional process. It's often devastating. We go into it with expectations, and oftentimes our expectations aren't met. And the disappointment can be really hard um, for a lot of different reasons. So that's where I'm coming from today. So why is it so hard to go through this as a couple if that is something that we do want together? For so many reasons. Coming together with somebody and deciding that you want to um, get pregnant and, and have a baby together, it's a common desire, but you're still coming to the table from two different positions and two different perspectives. And I think that that's important when you're having the discussion of having kids together to talk about beforehand, because like I said, when the going gets tough, sometimes it drives couples apart. And I know with my wife and I, we've talked about having a child together from day one. We, um, as we were bonding in the beginning of our relationship we set down the kind of non-negotiables, and that was one of them. We wanted to have a child together. I have biological children already, and my wife does not. And so we knew that we wanted to have a child together, and she wanted to have her first child. And we talked about what our relationship would look like when we were ready to start the process, what were some things we wanted to accomplish together before we even brought a child into this world. So we set that foundation of that communication. And one thing that we didn't talk about that we didn't even really realize was a necessary discussion was what does it look like if that struggle is hard for us? What does our relationship look like if we can't have a child together? Or what if the 
process doesn't go the way we hope or expect it to, and we become emotionally overwhelmed, how do we strengthen our relationship and stick together on that and not drift apart? And so I highly encourage anybody listening who is starting to have that conversation with your partner or your spouse or has had that conversation and you're finding yourself just at odds in the process, sit back down, come back to the table together and talk about things that you can do um, to to continue to strengthen your relationship um, so that this process doesn't weaken it, you know, because it can happen. So it's definitely important to understand that we do come to the table on different ends and different sides, but that doesn't mean that we can't meet in the middle. And also trying to conceive is an emotional process. Our expectations do run high. Like I said, I have three children. There wasn't really much thought or consideration that I gave about not being able to have another child. You know, to me, it was easy peasy, done the, been there, done this before. Of course, I'll get pregnant when we start trying. Here we are three years later, no child. And we've both been trying. You know, so that's hard. We didn't talk about those expectations. And it's certainly a reality that you don't want to focus on. You want to be positive and just understand and hope for things that'll work out for you. But the reality is sometimes they don't. And you still have to have those hard conversations. And it's an emotional investment. It's an expectation that you want so badly to turn out the way you want it to sooner than later right? So when those expectations run high, the disappointments run low. And those disappointments can be really hard to process and to overcome. And then also, we begin to learn a lot about ourselves individually along the way. You may start to have conversations while you're trying to conceive about your morals and your values, how you want to raise children. Those things may be different they may evolve. You may change your mind on certain things that at one point you thought was important and maybe now it's shifted. Maybe our economy or society or education system or anything else may influence some of those decisions and things that you want for your kids together. And sometimes those things aren't realized until the reality of a child gets closer and closer and more and more real for you both. So I think it's also important to understand that things shift, things change, and it's it's coming to the table to discuss those things is absolutely necessary because in order to provide that solid foundation for your baby and your child, you have to create it. So that's something that's important as you begin to individually understand what you want for your child You've got to continue to communicate with your partner so that y'all are on the same page about that. And another thing that's difficult is the end point. How long are we going to go through this if it doesn't work? What's my breaking point if we're not successful? One person may want to give it their all until the very, very end, whatever that end looks like. And another person may have a limitation. Maybe it's a time limit. Maybe it's, I'm willing to go through this and try this for another year. But after that, I can't guarantee that I'm I'm going to be in it anymore. It's, it's a grueling process. It can be challenging on so many different levels, very, very deep 
emotionally rooted levels. And some people can't continue to endure that. If it's wrecking you emotionally, if you're experiencing depression and anxiety and and mental health uh, challenges because of it, or your mental health is deteriorating, maybe your physical health is deteriorating if you're going through fertility treatments, medications, IVF, you know, all of those things take its toll. All of those things take their toll on us in physical and emotional ways. And maybe you're someone who's just like, look, I only have a few months of this. If that left in me, I'm sorry, but I can't promise anything. But maybe your partner is like, but I'm not ready to to give up yet. I'm not ready for this to be over yet. You've got to talk about that because if the end result looks different for the both of you, that can be a challenge and that could be something that could make or break it. You know, if someone's ready to say, I'm done, I want to close this chapter, I want to move on, and someone else is not, y'all are going to be on a very different page and that's going to be hard to navigate together. I think with each of these things, there are behaviors that can be added into the mix that can be really devastating for us and that can put even bigger stressors and challenges on our relationships blaming and shaming each other or the other person who has is having the fertility issue um in heterosexual couples it could be the man or the woman we don't often hear about men who struggle um in the fertility world and i think that's important to to take into consideration too if your partner is the man who is uh, who maybe has low sperm count or um, low motility in his sperm, that could affect him emotionally on a lot of different levels. He may be devastated in ways that you may not be able to understand um, because of how he's processing it and to blame him for it, you know, is going to be even more difficult to navigate with you and vice versa. If you're a woman experiencing infertility, you're not going to want to be blamed or shamed for it. We don't ask for this. We don't ask to not be able to conceive and create life. And in fact, as, as women creating life, it's our, in my opinion, should be our natural given right, you know, to procreate as much as we want to. And unfortunately, those of us who are listening to this today and can relate to the struggle, we know that that's, it's not as easy as that sometimes. It's been really hard for me as a woman, regardless of my age or not. I just turned 43, but there are a lot of women my age and even a little bit older who still conceive in various ways, um, IVF, IUI, and naturally even. And it's been difficult for me to accept that I haven't been able to get pregnant. And when I think that, you know, I've done this before more than once, what's the problem with my body? It just gets to be really hard emotionally. I don't want to feel like this is my fault because I don't control what's going on internally inside my body. I've been through a lot over the years with various physical and, and health aspects. And, you know, I'm I'm obviously doing my best and trying my best to make this happen. So 
to feel shameful for it just is like throwing fuel in the fire. You know, it's harder and harder to cope with. And we don't deserve that. We don't deserve to feel like that. We're already disappointed enough that the outcome is not what we intended or hoped it to be. And then to carry the blame and that weight of responsibility on our shoulders is certainly something we don't deserve. Invalidating each other's feelings or disappointments or or levels of grief that we feel when a cycle goes by that isn't successful or our period comes again and we were hoping that it wouldn't. It's never fair to invalidate anybody's feelings, especially in this process. We all are going to feel it and cope with it differently. And I think that when you're going through this with a partner, it's important to acknowledge that they're very likely feeling just as devastated, sad, and disappointed as you are. And sometimes even when we're feeling extremely frustrated or sad or disappointed, we also have to be mindful and considerate of the other individual going through this with us. Even if it's not their body that is struggling with the fertility issue, they're still going through the process with us. And we have to acknowledge that. And in a way, when we do acknowledge that, we tend to lean on each other automatically in a more natural way. But to say my grief or my sadness or my disappointment is bigger than yours or deeper than yours. So my feelings are all that I'm absorbed in right now. That's not fair because you do have a partner through this and there is someone else on the other side of this. And while it's totally fine to grieve in silence and take your space and set those boundaries for yourself, don't forget that you do have a partner and vice versa. They also have a partner. So your feelings should not be invalidated. There should never be an argument or a conflict of who wants this or who needs this more. That's just not fair. Obviously, coming together to the table and deciding that you want to create a family together, you equally both want this, right? So my wants and needs don't become bigger than yours because my sadness or my grief feels bigger than anybody else's. Of course, it's going to feel deep and painful, but that doesn't mean that's not how it's being felt on the other end either. So minimizing and invalidating each other is never going to work and that will drive you apart. And if anything, it's going to create resentment because guess what? Now I feel like I'm not heard and I'm not respected. And now I feel like you're taking away my ability to process how I'm feeling right now because I'm more worried about how you feel towards me or what you just said to me or whatever about how this means more to you, or you want this more, or whatever it may be. And so that's not fair. We can't do that to each other. That's that's driving the dagger into the wound. Isolation. Isolation is, is something that in small doses, and I'm careful even saying that, but in small doses, sometimes we do need to Rather than say isolate, separate ourselves from the situation. Maybe we need to take some time to process another loss or another disappointment and we need silence and space. That's okay. 
But isolating and shutting down emotionally towards your partner is not going to help the two of you navigate that together. Because what happens when you have a disappointment or a loss, then there's a discussion eventually about do we pick up this process again? Do we start all over? And if you do want to start all over, you have to still be on that same page. You've got to still be able to rely on each other for support if you're going to continue through the process. You don't want to just go through the motions of another cycle and hoping that another cycle is successful if y'all aren't even really in it anymore together. That's not going to work. And then what happens if it is successful? Then you may be excited for it, but you've already broken that foundation of the two of you. That's not a good foundation to bring that child into this world on. So be careful to shut down. Be careful not to isolate. Give yourself the time and the space to cope, yes, but also give yourself what you need to pull out of it and still be able to lean on your partner. Y'all should still be able to lean on each other. You should still be able to come back together. Explosive behavior towards your partner or their explosive behavior towards you. Obviously, angry outbursts happen. We get frustrated. We need to vent sometimes. That happens too. A lot of the times we do vent to our partners. I don't know about you, but my my wife is my best friend. We talk about everything together. There's literally nothing that we can't bring to the table and talk about. However, because we're both going through this process together, because we're both trying to conceive together, because this is something that we are doing alongside each other, literally in parallel with each other, our disappointments can really run deep. Oftentimes, we do understand the depth of how the other is feeling. And sometimes we just need to vent and we bring that vent to the table, to our mutual table to communicate. But when the venting becomes explosive, and angry in a way that's harmful to your partner, we've got to get it back in check. We've got to rein that in. There is nothing that you'll accomplish by angry outbursts towards your partner. And I think that even though it can be easy to kind of, I don't want to say lose control, but sometimes it feels like we do lose control and we just spaz out. Maybe we've had enough. Maybe we've been going through this for so long we can't take it anymore and we just explode. Understandable, but we're all responsible for controlling our actions, our words, and our behaviors. Those types of intense explosions can be really hurtful at a time when y'all need that support from each other. Be careful in how you do or don't cope with your feelings and your disappointments. And if you need to vent, vent. But if you feel like you're going to vent and you're going to blow your top for whatever reason, then maybe it might be best to find a different outlet other than your partner to vent on. Because they're already feeling their own set of feelings and emotions. And to have that dumped on them is probably going to be pretty hard and can be damaging. So if you need to find another outlet, if you have a friend you can vent to, if you have um, maybe someone you met in a support group and y'all have developed a, you know, a, a relationship where you trust each other to turn to each other through difficult times, vent to that person, 
vent to your therapist, you know, whoever you need so that you're not dumping in a harmful way on your partner, because that's definitely damaging behavior. And once you get started and feel comfortable doing it in that way, it can be hard to stop. I'm just going to be honest with you. So let's be mindful of how we bring our feelings to the table so that we're not blaming and shaming, so that we're not invalidating each other's feelings, and so that we do understand that we all feel disappointment and grief and anger and frustration at different levels and in different ways, but it certainly doesn't mean that either you or your partner or me or my partner are wanting or needing this more than the other. It means we're walking through this fire together and we still, at the end of the day, have to stay strong enough so that we hold on to that foundation we're trying to create for this child that we're trying to create. So how can we stay strong together? How do we overcome these stressors and challenges you know, the stressors of feeling emotionally disconnected and disappointed. Um, If we are taking certain types of medications or IVF medications, hormones, those things affect us in different ways too. We may have dramatic mood swings. They affect our bodies physically. We have all sorts of crazy symptoms um, and side effects from the medications, and that can be really hard to regulate and really hard to cope with and deal with. You know, so how are we able to stay strong hand in hand through this intensely grueling process of trying to conceive when it's so unsuccessful for us? Well, Number one, my first and always recommendation will be improve your communication. Be honest. Be transparent with your partner. If you want to be great parents together, it starts now before the child's even conceived, before the child is even here, right? Because once, because we know this process is hard, but once that baby comes into this world, that process is going to be even harder. There are going to be a lot of sleepless nights. There are going to be a lot of stressful conversations. There's going to be a lot of decision-making that now not only just involves the two of you, but another life as well. So if you're going to be successful at communicating, start now. It's critical now. It's important now. Not when the baby comes, but now. Be open. Be honest. You know, I'm having a really hard day today. I just took my third injection. I'm feeling hot flashes, nausea, tired, all of these things. I just need a timeout. Can we cancel our plans so I can go home and take a nap instead? You know, communicate. Even if what you're communicating may be disappointing to your partner, that's okay. But speak how you're feeling so that they're there, they understand, and so that they're not blindsided by how you may act or react to something. And vice versa, if your partner comes to you and says, look, I need a break, I'm mentally whatever, I'm physically whatever, it's it's too hard for me right now, or I've got to process this, I need to cope with this, I'm just, I, I just, I thought I would handle this well, I'm not handling it well. Have respect and grace for your partner when they bring those thoughts and feelings to the table. Listen to each other. Don't shut each other out. 
again, neither one of you wants or needs this more in your life than the other. This is not a race to see who needs it more or who wants it more. You know, that was something that I really struggled with because I do have children and my wife doesn't. And there have been conversations where I've wondered, am I invalidated in how much I want or need this in my life or or with her because she doesn't have a child? And so I don't know what it's like to not have a child. And maybe I don't want this as much. I shouldn't minimize my feelings and I shouldn't minimize how she feels. But to bring it together and talk about it together is so important. Y'all want to create life together. That's one of the single most important decisions you'll make as a couple. You want to be parents together. You want to bring life into this world together. Trust me, y'all both want it. Grieve the disappointments together. It's okay to hug your spouse. It's okay to communicate to your husband that you need uh, affection right now because you're sad or you want to cry and, and you want to feel connected in this grieving of this loss of success with him. Tell your wife how you're feeling and what you need from her. Come together in that grief process. Of course, you'll process it individually, and that's so important, and that goes back to allowing yourself space and grace, but also give yourself the grace and the ability to go to your partner and say, hey, you know, my period came today, or the embryo transfer failed. I'm devastated. Can we just hold each other in this moment? Because I'm sure you're devastated too. Be there for each other through it. That's okay. Seek therapy together and individually. And this one is really, really important because having a neutral voice and ear to listen makes all the difference. Oftentimes we get so wrapped up in how we're feeling emotionally that we feel like I'm the only one that feels this way. I'm the only one that feels so intensely. There's no way you can understand how I'm feeling. Even if we're going through this process together, you'll never understand. You know, we go back to that like invalidating each other's feelings thing. And it is really important to have someone to be able to talk to. Having that therapeutic resource is so tremendously helpful, not just individually, but because this is something you're going through together and because it's something you're coming to the table to together, having someone to talk to you together and to hear both sides of what you're going through and address it as a neutral voice with you together for you both to hear is going to be really important and helpful also. And I know there are a lot of people that don't believe in therapy, or maybe you've had bad experiences in the past with a therapist or just in therapy in general, and you're like, I don't need that. I don't want that. Give it another chance. I one time, one time I had a client tell me that they don't like therapists because they already know their problems and they already understand what their grievances and emotional issues are, and they don't need to pay somebody to tell them what they already know about themselves. Here's my answer to that. Get therapy anyways, because you definitely need it. I know what my issues are too. My wife knows what her issues are too. All of my friends know what their issues are too. We all talk about them together. Sometimes we joke about them together. 
But in order to truly get through really tough times, you need support on a therapeutic level. You are not a therapist and you're certainly not your own therapist. And if that were the case, then nobody would need a therapist (laughs) because we'd all be helping ourselves. And clearly, sometimes we just can't do that. So if you're someone who feels that you know all the answers for yourself, yet you're still struggling in a lot of areas, I certainly recommend a therapist for you. Trust me, don't be stubborn, put your pride aside. And if anything, go dump on your therapist. That's what they're there for. They are there to be expert listeners. And I guarantee you, you'll come away with something, even a little tidbit of something that will be helpful for you. And finally, the part that I think is most important in my opinion, remember why you're in this together in the first place. Why was your partner the one that you want to have children with? Why did you decide that this is a life that you want together? What is it about them that made you say yes I'll marry you, or yes, I'm committing to this life with you. And yes, I want to be a parent with you. Yes, I want to have your child, or I want you to have my child. Sometimes difficult situations blind us and can make us forget the whys of the great things in our lives. And our partners are great things in our lives. I love my wife to death. The last thing in this world that I want for us and for her is to not be able to have a child together, something that we've talked about since day one, that we want so much together. It devastates me. It saddens me. I hate thinking about the what ifs in that way because I know the great things about her and the reasons why she'll make an amazing mother and the reasons why I want to do it with her. And the reasons why I love life with her. You know, so don't forget why the two of you came together in this journey to begin with. Don't allow the adversity to blind you and to cause that amnesia and forget why the two of you are so great together. Because let me tell you, when success happens for you, and you do bring that child into this world together, your foundation is going to need to be so strong. Don't allow the foundation to crack. And like I said earlier, when parenting becomes a reality because baby is now here, again, that foundation is going to need to be incredibly strong. Life doesn't just suddenly get easy once you see two lines on a pregnancy test. Or once you hear back from the doctor's office that your blood levels look great and you are successful in conceiving, life continues on with its challenges. Life continues on with its adversities. You'll have to remain in it together and strengthen each other along the way. Truly be partners in this. Come back to the table. Be there. Allow your partner to lean on you. And you need to lean on them as well. But you'll have to strengthen your foundation together. It's got to be solid. It has to be solid.
your child will not benefit if your foundation is cracked. So not only is this journey about creating and growing and birthing, it then becomes about raising and that foundation cannot provide you both what you're going to need individually and together in this journey with cracks in it. Be strong, come together, lean on each other. And if you need to get your partner to come into a room and listen to this episode with you, then certainly do it because this is my advice for both of you, not just who's listening right now. There are a couple of books that I want to share with you that I think will also help in creating a stronger connection and foundation to your relationship together through this. The first one is called What He Can Expect When She's Not Expecting, How to Support Your Wife, Save Your Marriage, and Conquer Infertility by Mark Sedaka. I hope I said his last name correctly. It's spelled S-E-D-A-K-A. And I know it says, what can he expect when she's not expecting? However, for all of these same-sex couples who are listening, such as myself and my wife, um, this does apply to any relationship, in my opinion, where one partner is unable to conceive and the other has high expectations of being successful. So I just think it it provides a lot of important um, tools and resources on how to give that support to your spouse, the one who is dealing with the physical uh, challenges of infertility. And I think that this provides the other partner in the relationship kind of a tool guide or a guide on how to continue to stay present emotionally and supportive, yet also process your own feelings and disappointments through it. Um, And it allows y'all, just like it says, to save your marriage and conquer infertility together. So it's a great, great read. The next one is called It's Not Supposed to Be This Way, Finding Unexpected Strength When Disappointments Leave You Shattered by Lisa Turkhurst. If you're listening and you're familiar with Lisa Turkhurst, she is the founder of Proverbs 31 Ministries for Women. She is an amazing woman. She's written several books and is a best-selling author. Um, I have a huge respect for her just as a woman, period. Um, Even if you're not somebody who uh, believes or has a faith or believes in religion or God, the foundation of the message that she gives for women is still one that we can all relate to. And I think that um, just like her book says, it's uh, oftentimes we, we feel like it shouldn't be this way. You know, we don't um, want to anticipate disappointments and failures and we want success and um, joy and happiness. And when those disappointments do leave us feeling shattered, there are still ways of finding strength in those moments. I've said this before, and you'll probably hear me say it many times again, but I am a firm believer that in our times when we feel the weakest is when our strength is growing the most and when it really does carry us through. So certainly grab one of those books or both of those books, read them, uh, invite your partner to read them with you, make it a couple's date night thing. I mean, just don't forget why you're in this together. And speaking of date nights, that's something else that y'all can do together. Continue to 
show each other admiration and appreciation because you know what? You're both incredibly strong and you're both incredibly resilient and you deserve to honor that in each other as well. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves why we fell in love with the other person to begin with. And if that's bringing it back to day one and jumpstarting our dating life and sparking the ways that we're attracted to each other in, in smaller ways, um, then do that, you know, whatever is needed to apply that strength to that foundation. Ladies, thank you for listening today to this Fertility Friday segment of the Unspoken Cycle podcast. This journey is not an easy one, by all means. It's harder than I could have ever anticipated it to be. And at so many different times along my journey, I felt broken and shattered and devastated and angry and sad and disappointed. All the feels, right? All the feels. But I've also watched my wife feel the same. And one thing I know is that although there have been days when I don't know how much more sadness and disappointment I can take or how much more pain I can witness her suffering. I am so, so thankful that this journey is with her by my side. And I just want to give her a quick shout out if she's listening. I love you. Thank you for who you are at your core because you are absolutely 100% who I want to be the mother of my child. Ladies, if you have not yet, please like and subscribe. And don't forget, there is an amazing community of strong, resilient women waiting with their arms open for you to join them at theunspokencycle.com. Sign up for your free membership today. We're waiting for you. Until next time, mamas, stay strong. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of Fertility Fridays. Please like and subscribe. And don't forget to join the private community just for women at theunspokencycle.com. Until next week, stay strong.